1: This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the warning television program. Also, those that are listening on our radio or shortwave warning program, welcome social media. I'm going to have a message that is a continuation because it was so important that uh, the Lord literally had me uh, continue. I couldn't get through my message. And I believe because it's a major problem in the church today. In America today, we need biological-born boys recognized as boys and biological-born girls called girls. The cultural sick demonic society has joined forces, I believe, with hell itself and total rebellion against the government of God. Hell itself. That's what's leading America today. Hell itself, called the Democratic Party, the Communist Party. Matthew 24, 35, Jesus warns us that the word of God will never cease to be true. Time does not change it. Culture does not change it. History does not change it. The Democrats don't change it. The liberals don't change it. The communists don't change it. The Muslims don't change it. It's always true the word of God. God never changes his standards, his values, his statutes, his laws. History can't change the word of God. It's always true and able to be completely believed no matter where, no matter when, no matter how you find yourself in this world. God never changes. There's a song we used to sing when I was growing up. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In fact, it went on to say heaven and earth may pass away, but my word will never pass away because the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word is God. To change the word, he's no longer God. God can't change. He is the same. He is righteous. He is holy. His standards never change. You can try to be your own little God. You can change the word of God. You can be Lucifer. Hey, did you hear Biden? You can be Lucifer. Oh, I guess I thought you were. But God can't change. Our text is found in Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Now, I'm going to review a little bit in case you missed the first part. Huge segments of society are rejecting the tradition-held biblical values of marriage and family. They're trying to nullify the family today. They're trying to take God, frankly, out of America. Social change does not alter biblical truth. Thus, the governing order within a family is best achieved when biblical order is established and maintained. Again, this is part two of the headship in the family point number one, we mentioned the family order. We said Ephesians 5, wives be subject to your husbands as to the Lord. When two people get married, an institution is formed. It's called the institution of marriage. It's called a covenant. The same type of subjection or submission we show to the Lord should become the order of the family. Ephesians 5, 23 through 25. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He himself being the savior of the body, the savior. Is God our savior? He is if we don't go into rebellion. Can the man be the savior in the home? Yeah, he can be. If he fulfills his God-given responsibility, if others don't go into rebellion with him, God is our Savior, but not everyone is saved on earth. A lot are in rebellion. But the same type of subjection or submission we show the Lord should be in the family order. But the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be subject to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives. Now this is a little bit deep. Let's break it down a little bit. The idea of subjection or submission has become a stumbling block for many women. Subjection carries a negative connotation, one of helplessness, hopelessness, and weakness. I'm married to a woman. She's not helpless, hopeless, or weak. My current wife, the one that is with the Lord, I had two women that knew who they were in Christ Jesus. They weren't helpless. They're not hopeless. They're not weak. These notions are far removed from the biblical idea of submission. Submission. Submission in marriage implies consensual deference and calculated consent. You know, I defer leadership to God. I'm not going to rebel. Calculated consent. The scriptures show me my benefits to consent eternal life, salvation, healing, deliverance, my prayers answered, prosperity. You think I want to con- rebel against that? Well, Christians do all the time in some area, and they wonder why they're beat up. Now, evaluate yourself. It's your pride somewhere along the line. These notions are far removed from the Bible's idea. Submission in marriage implies, again, a calculated consent. Husbands are not to subject their wives to hopelessness. God doesn't make me hopeless. He makes me strong and healthy. I'm on fire. The situation with the devil and the Democratic Party and those that are trying to topple America, if you focus on them, they're hopeless. But with God, we're a warrior and we're not giving up. I'm not giving up. If you're giving up, your relationship with God is pretty bad. Because God doesn't show me depression or, oh, it's time to raise the white flag and just submit to these uh, barbarians. What's wrong with you? I ain't going to submit. I'm picking up. Goliath's sword that David cut off his head and I'm charging. Come on. We can still fight back. Unless we're going to be Germany all over it again and literally wait till there's no hope and then just pack your suitcase because we'll see you in some FEMA camp. Hello. If you're looking at me like you don't know what's going on, I guess you don't know what's going on. Uh, It's time you wake up. They've told us what they're going to do and they hate Christians. They're trying to remove God out of society. It's time we, instead of being hopeless, we look at the scriptures, what it tells us, which gives me hope and says, I'm more than a conqueror and I can lead a revival. And if we all lead a revival, we take back America. The only hopelessness is in your pride where you go along with the mentality of liars on radio, on television, on CNN, on MSNBC, the White House, the current White House, not Trump, but Biden, yeah, Biden's a puppet of Obama. Both of them should be in prison. Husbands are not to make their wives hopeless. Rather, they are to give deference in accordance with God's ordinance and lie and are liable for breakdowns in family administration. Therefore, the husband's role should be an example of servant leadership, not overbearing dictatorship. Servant leadership. I like to get up early, I like to get in my office early. But still, because I'm like an Abraham, born again, you know, the promise to Abraham and Sarah, and I have a little boy now. And uh, so I come in as a servant about 7 o'clock, more or less, 6.30, 7 o'clock, until about 9 o'clock then go back to work, and I'm babysitting. Amen? Yeah, I know there's a lot of little connotations out there with other names for it. Oh, it's the seed from your loins. Yeah, but it's still babysitting. But I do it with gladness. Why? Because I'm a servant leader. We're not a dictator. My wife needs some sleep too. Amen? Now, I wouldn't do it if she did nothing but sleep, but she prays a lot. And sometimes I find her praying at 12 midnight and 1 in the morning. Well, if she wants to cover my back, I'll cover hers and and babysit a little bit. Besides praying and saying the word of God early in the morning, which I like to do. I'm an early person. I like to be early with God. I, I can, you know, first fruits. That's a whole sermon by itself. First fruits. Can you give your first fruits? The husband's role should be a servant leader, not a dictator. His role is to be compassionate, loving, strengthening one. Scripture plainly teaches the role of a headship, a concept that comes into perspective, both in family and in the church. The family relates to government in the home. The word headship implies head occupies the position that is highest and uppermost authority. Thus, the husband is the principal authority in the marriage relationship. Like Christ is the principal or highest authority in the church. Now we're going to unpackage it a little bit. Again, we're not talking about dictatorship. We are talking about responsibility and accountability. If I mess Adalia up, I better take responsibility. Are you there guys? Hello. I'm even looking at the men in my staff. Man, if, if your spouse and your, your children are dysfunctional, you are a dysfunctional leader. Amen. Hello. Give me a big amen. amen. That's the problem. You're dysfunctional. Quit blaming your parents. Your parents have nothing to do with it, especially if you're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. How long are you going to blame your parents when you see Jesus face to face? You've had the word of God in front of you, or, which is Jesus. Long ago, you can change all of your bad habits. The word of God, the inspiration, Jesus in the flesh, dwelt among us in written form. You say, oh, I would would obey him if he was in front of my face. No, you wouldn't. If you don't obey the Bible, you wouldn't obey him in front of your face. If you're under a good leader and you can't obey him, you wouldn't obey Jesus in front of your face because he's in front of your face if you own a Bible. It's time we quit fooling ourselves with our own deceptions and lies from our vanity and self-righteousness and always want to give an excuse for our sin. Now, is that good preaching? I need a bigger amen from this staff. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. We understand with other administrations, men are not necessary in positions of authority over women. This is especially true in the social order. Indeed, women have pointed that out quite clearly, not only with words, but with actions as well. Such action sometimes is necessary. Sometimes a woman, other than in the home, makes a better leader in some things. I had a bid on putting up a fence, and the husband and wife came. It was was clear to me who was the leader. The husband was the laborer. The woman had the brains. It was clear to me. And there was nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that at all. She could do the administration. Husband would probably take him bankrupt if he tried. You should work as a team. Amen. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be a uh, oh, uh, uh, jealous of my wife. Man, I want to give her some more areas of responsibility, sweetie. Indeed, women have pointed out they're able to lead. Men are not created to rule over women. That is not what the scripture teaches. Men and women are to be co-laborers, co-heirs. We were created by God to have dominion together. Together. God and us have dominion over the earth. We are taking dominion because God has given us that authority. We're supposed to not say, we're waiting till the battle of Armageddon and Jesus come back and take dominion. We're supposed to be taking dominion with God right now or we lose dominion. If you don't work together as a team, you lose your family. Your children are a mess. If you get married, it's not your first marriage and somebody had a child before, you are now, if they're living at home, you're raising them together. Don't get mad because a spouse wants to correct your child. It Why did you marry that spouse if you're not going to let them have dominion in the family with you? Because all you're going to have is a mess. You have dominion together. You raise that child together. You know, I have a little boy. We call him MJ. He's not Adalia's baby. He's not my baby. He's our son. Amen, honey? She said a big amen. (laughs) So men and women share dominion. Point number two, a woman never loses her right to exercise the authority she carries in creation. Even after marriage, dominion means the right to rule. God never takes it back. Every human has a right to exercise a measure of dominion. By yielding that responsibility to her husband, a woman chooses to be obedient to God, preserving divine order within the home. In other words, I'm I'm involved in many apostolic network boards. And uh, the ones that I I don't lead, then I... You know, I defer to their leadership by choice. There's no conflict. There's no war. There's got to be leadership. If something goes wrong, the leader's to blame. Hey, I like that. Don't blame me. He's the chairman of the board. Man, come on. I know Adalia likes that. Oh, my husband's right there. Blame him. What are you doing, John? John. Even after marriage, dominion means the right to rule. (laughs) A woman chooses to be obedient to God, preserving divine order within the home. When a woman carries a position of authority in the workplace, again, she doesn't need her husband's permission to accomplish her work. Are you together? I have some people on my staff, husband and wife. Well, at work, are we listening, staff, secretary? At work, that secretary doesn't need her husband's permission for anything She comes to me. It doesn't matter what the husband says. Keep your mouth shut or I'll fire you. At work, she works for me, not you. Are we together? I'm not at her home being her husband. She's now in another area of dominion. She doesn't need her husband's authority. There's women that rule in different areas of business. And at those areas of business, you don't call up husband. Can I do this? If you're not qualified to lead, then you shouldn't be in that, that position. When I was in the sheriff's department, I didn't call up my wife. Uh, so can we make this decision together whether I should arrest this person? <laughs> How ridiculous. She has no business making those decisions for me on the job. Like I would have no business making her decisions on her job. Unless it violated God's known laws. But other than that, Boy, I leave her alone. Go to it, lady. Make me some money. Amen? Bless your wife so she can be prosperous. I want my secretary here to be blessed so she can give the ministry some added blessing when we can in turn bless the staff and get more done for Jesus. Amen. That's what it's all about. Isn't that what it's about? Well, that's what I. my Bible tells me it's about. Women have full weight of their Divinity imparted authority in every stance. God never changes that. In marriage, however, God has established order. The two are one. They are joined for a purpose, several purposes actually. In order to accomplish these purposes, there has to be order. This is always true whether an organization is a business, team, ministry, or family, structure is necessary. Let's just take one professional sport, even though I'm, I'm, I'm sort of negative on professional sports right now with their woke stupidity and nonsense. I don't mind if they all go bankrupt. But when you have a team, football, you work as a team, and there is a leader, and you follow the leader, or you lose. It's the same in a family. There is leadership. The two are one in marriage. In every institution, it needs a constitution of some kind, a government agreement that defines order. We find such agreements in organizations and in churches. Biblically, such an agreement must also serve in and govern the home. Biblically, the husband is the head. This is the affairs of the family. The ultimate responsibility lies with a husband. And the principal authority, his role, is to see that the will of God is done on earth within his family. In democracy, the rule of the majority ensures that the will of man is done. But when government comes out of the social order into marriage, the rule changes. Christian marriage is God-ordained. It is only family structure that God has instituted. God established a husband as a primary authority in the home and placed the weight of responsibility tra- squarely on his shoulders. I don't like it when if a husband just continually blames his wife. I look at him like, what is wrong with you? Can't you lead? you a little wimp. What's wrong with you? You don't want to blame everybody but yourself. Look in the mirror. I think you were a Christian a long time with a Bible. By now you should be able to lead. Not blaming on wife or your parents. Number 3, responsibility requires authority and authority requires accountability. When authority is uncertain, responsibility fails to be accomplished properly. And people start to blame each other when there's confusion. But by establishing an order, governing a family within God's structure God is providing a protection rather than a restriction okay i'll blame you son i put you in charge don't 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 tell me anything about eve god is holding you accountable man yeah i know there are a lot of wimps who want to blame their wives establishing government authority is a protection not a restriction when the principles are not understood the government of the structure in the home is abused, authority is challenged and lost. When a man uses his authority simply to impose his own will rather than God's purpose, he's out of order. I'm trying to serve my wife so she can be all she can be. Not abuse her. She's not a prostitute for me. I'm not to abuse her. Don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean we're not supposed to love each other. Yes, but I'm, I'm not. I'm supposed to treat her as a wife, not. Hired someone for sex, and I don't care about her development. Are we together? Some people don't care about their wives developing them. And you're not fit to rule in the home. You need a real repentance in your heart. When you force your will on your wife and children, you become a tyrant, not a servant, an oppressor rather than a trusted leader. All government and the kingdom of God is made effective through servant leadership, not through dominion and control. Servant leadership seeks to make sure that the will of God is done. The best interests of those under the authority are the priority. So in order to be truly a a godly leader in the home, a person has to be like Jesus. To enjoy godly governing the home, the husband must embrace the truth. You need to try to be like Jesus. Jesus served. He loved. He built you up. He also told you the truth in love, but he told you the truth. Sometimes we might not think it's love. Get behind me, Satan. But he didn't forsake you. Peter forsook Jesus. Jesus didn't forsake Peter. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Ephesians 5.25. Christian husbands must be self-sacrificing, loving, regarding others within their family as joint heirs. Sacrificial living implies a willingness to submit to godly oversight. Understanding it is God's divine order. Wives defer to husbands, husbands defer to God and other godly authorities that are delegated in their lives and our lives. Husbands are not obliged to love their wives in the same manner Christ, or I should say they are obliged to love in the same manner Christ did, which is sacrificial. There is an order of accountability that functions in accord with authority. We are supposed to love like Christ loved the church. That's how a husband is supposed to love his wife. However, that's not how people tend to perceive headship. People generally see headship as positional rather than relational. They view it as either having control or being under someone's control. Everyone in the family is expected to do exactly what the head dictates without question or appeal, regardless of whether or not it's God's will. That's not how it's supposed to be operating in the home. Positional authority is insufficient to establish peaceful order or contentment in the home. Marriage is a partnership, a collaboration between two people of equal value and importance with God. The husband delegated to carry the greater responsibility. This requires servant leadership, whereby the positional leader holds his authority relationally. This authority must be consistently give deference to God and God's delegated authority. We purposely give our will to God's authority. The scriptural command for the husbands to love their wives is agape, sacrificial, self-giving love. It is not friendship or companionship or even sexual intimacy, though all these are important in marriage. Wives are to be devoted, to revere, to respect, and esteem their husbands. A man needs respect. These relate instructions provide balance in marriage. Women love easily, but bestow honor cautiously. Men desire respect and usually find that deference, giving agape is a challenge to them. Respect is earned, love is given. Agape cannot be earned, but it is full of expression like Jesus. We need to operate with Jesus' love, regardless if they deserve it. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child the way he should go. When he's old, he will not Depart. When a child grows up in a chaotic home and atmosphere with harshness, unbridled reproach, then the child is not brought up in the nurture of God, but the child is suffering emotionally and has problems in life. You train them together so their emotion, their culture, their spiritual development is developed. You don't make them live in a hostile home. I hope you understand and you can have godly family structure. God bless you.